Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text appointed for the second Sunday of Easter comes from the first reading from the book of Acts and serves as the basis of our theme for this Sunday, You Can't in Christ You Will. Here, on the second Sunday of Easter, we see the hands of the apostles performing signs and wonders. Signs and wonders that show the people of God that the last days have arrived. The earthly life of Christ has ushered in these final days. And these are not just miracles, but are acts demonstrating Jesus as the Messiah. Miracles don't happen often, but when they do, there's a purpose for it. These were the apostles who, right after Jesus' death, were nowhere to be found. Whether it was hiding in locked apartments or laying low for fear of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and Roman authorities, they were not doing what God wanted them to do. In Luke chapter 21, verse 28, Jesus commanded them, Now, when these things began to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And again in verse 36, But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and stand before the Son of Man. Little did they know that Jesus would stand before them, risen from the dead, and lift up their heads to see him face to face. But even at today's glorious account, one reading for this for the first time may just wonder, why would I ever want to join these guys? After all, these were the people who were giving away their land, houses, and personal property, and handing it all over to the leadership to distribute to those in need. Then there were the people who lied about what they had and did not give it to the leaders and were struck down by God for lying to the Lord. And if that all wasn't enough, they were frequently hunted down by the authorities and arrested for the crime of colluding with the Christian way. You have to honestly ask yourself, without the knowledge we have today and the perspective of their day, why would anyone risk joining the way? Now, to be sure, we have our occasional heroes who will rise above the crowd and take on dangerous challenges for the greater good, like Martin Luther, Abraham Lincoln, Mahatma Gandhi, Eleanor Roosevelt, Martin Luther King Jr., and of course, Luke Skywalker. They all rose over insurmountable odds to do the courageous thing instead of the popular, crowd-pleasing thing. But they are unique and not common like the crowds we see today, possibly numbering as many as 10,000 people. But these leaders did have one thing in common with all the people we see joining the way. Now I know Luke Skywalker isn't real, but the reason Star Wars was so popular is because the conceptual nature of the story is real. Let me explain. 
In the second movie, Luke is being trained by a master how to fight in preparation for his imminent confrontation with his arch enemy. And the training is not going well. But that does not seem to deter young Luke, so confident in himself. He tells his master Yoda, I'm not afraid. And Yoda replies with one of the most powerful lines of the entire series. You will be. You will be. This is the classic, you won't until you will. Or maybe you know it better as, every man has his price. And never say never. In the case of today's apostles, initially... They were too afraid to do what Jesus commanded them before his death. And now we see them seemingly without fear. Something changed. And whatever changed clearly changed them. Now they say education, training, and understanding can take days, weeks, months, and even years before the light bulb comes on and we have that aha moment where we finally understand what previously eluded us before. So we must ask ourselves, today, what was that aha moment for all those people, and how did they change from despairing fear to exuberant joy in such a short time? Literally, days. What drove them out of hiding and into the presence of Peter with his unbounding exultation? What gives you joy? And I mean everlasting joy. Is it a new car? Yeah, probably. Until that first scratch or first dent, or the first projectile vomit flies into the air vents from a car-sick kid. Is it a new boyfriend or girlfriend or being newlyweds? You know, that love that conquers all and makes you jump like Tom Cruise on a couch during the Oprah Winfrey show. Sure, of course. Until you have to live a few years together, do laundry together, and share a bathroom. Gentlemen, can you just leave the lid down already? Or is it the perfect job? That you work so hard to get and you can't believe people pay you to get up every day and do what you love doing. Absolutely it is. Until you retire and then your whole definition of how you define who you are changes overnight and you're left wondering, now what am I going to do? So, where does the everlasting joy, purpose, and enthusiasm of the nearly 10,000 people come from today? Is it a new donkey to travel effortlessly from village to village on? It doesn't appear to be. How about handsome boys at the plow or beautiful girls carrying jars of water from the town well? I didn't see that in the text today. Or what about fishermen singing in their boats, tent makers joyfully sewing their canvases, or pottery makers energetically turning their wheels? Nope, not a zip. Their aha moment and joy together comes from one source and one source alone. 
And that source got them to do what they would never do without seeing, learning, and believing that they would. And that was the one thing the Sadducees refused to believe. A man was raised from the dead. Jesus, whom they undeniably saw die on the cross for their sins, was alive. Emmanuel, who was pulled down from that cross, medically deceased, was living. The bread of life, who was unequivocally laid in a tomb, as gone as anyone we know in our memorial garden, was eating in front of them. Jesus, who died, was living. So, is your car dead and disappointing you again? Jesus is alive. Is your spouse gone and left you alone? Jesus lives in you. Did you just lose your livelihood and don't know what to do? Jesus is your ultimate reason for living. In this season of the resurrection of our Lord, you may feel left for dead, but Jesus lifts you up to live for him. When the world turns and burns and life seems out of control, Jesus gives us eternal perspective. When you don't think you can or will be what you need to be, Jesus says you are what he wants you to be by his love and his life raised for you. You can't? In Christ, you will. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.